Snookalopy nuts are we, me and him and them and me. We'll show you what we can do with a load of balls and a snooker cue. Pot the red then screw back for the yellow, green, brown, blue, pink and black. Snooker loopy nuts are we. We're all snooker loopy. Hello and welcome to the Snooker Loopy podcast. My name is Tom Mayhew and I'm joined here by my very good friend, the shoe, Joe Hannard. <laughs> Thank you very much, Tom, for that very flattering introduction. I am curious who the shoe is. We can play a little game, shall we? Because this is a... I mean, it's according to Wikipedia, which we know there are some well, silly people who edit Wikipedia, so it might not actually be his name. Mm. But I'm going to... Uh, tell you what, I'll give you... Three guesses, Joe. It's a, a former world champion at the Crucible. Graham Dot? <laughs> no, it's not Graham Dot. Oh. Um, a former champion at the Crucible. Mm-hmm. The shoe. Judd Trump? Nope. That oh. would be good, though. He has pointy shoes, famously. He has pointy shoes. Um, the shoe. Right. Uh, era. What decade? 80s. Okay. It's not Dennis. Joe Johnson? Yes, it's, he's hey. got it. Joe Johnson is correct. According to Wikipedia, his nickname is The Shoe. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. I'm going to have a quick Google of the phrase Joe Johnson The Shoe to see if we've been... <laughs> we can't be duped if we've by been Wikipedia, had. can we? Well... That'd be the ultimate irony there, but... Ah... He had a strange choice of multicoloured shoes, apparently, at some point. There you go. <clears throat> and we didn't have uh, Rob Walker back in the day to come up with wonderful nicknames. So I mean, there is a video of him from uh, the World Championship last year where I think it's Chris Wakelin, and after he comes out, he goes, you know, Chris Wakelin, and Chris Wakelin comes out. And look at those shoes. <laughs> oh, look at those shoes, he says over the microphone. So give it up for Chris Wakelin. Check out those shoes. One nickname, Rob Walker. Do you know the nickname he gave to um, Jack Jones? It was like the the silent assassin or something like that, wasn't it? (laughs) I love the idea of Jack Jones being the sequel to Michael Holt. (laughs) Well, yeah, so the the second Hitman game is called Hitman 2 Silent Assassin. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So there you go. They should play together in the doubles, clearly. There you go, there you go. But uh, how have you been holding up, Tom? Did you enjoy the seniors? Oh, mate, I, I, I did enjoy the seniors. I mean, we should really quickly, before we get on to the, the past and the seniors, we should really quickly chat about the World Championship, the, the final, yes. which is a while ago when we released this. But, I mean, you don't come to us for up-to-date topical chat. You come to us for changing Joe Johnson's Wikipedia so he becomes the sausage shoe, let's be honest. <laughs> or oh, the shoe sausage. Yeah. <laughs> Whichever one you prefer, let us know below and we'll change it. What do you think of, because obviously, spoiler alert, people will know that Luca won the World Championship and they started this new phrase of going, oh, Luca snooker, a bit like they did with Judd Trump and his naughty snooker. And mm. it annoys me every time because I'm like, no, it's just... Attacking, I mean, I guess they did it with Jimmy White back in the day, that like whirlwind snooker mm. and stuff like that. 
but it's just it's just attacking snooker, isn't it? It's a bit tacky, I think. Um, a bit attacky. There you go. <laughs> They'll be using that next year now, Joe. Yeah, well, there you go. Yeah, it's just I don't know. I, I think it's a bit cheap mm. that that pun. Personally, the Lucas Snooker. Uh, what would you do if his name was Dave? Like, it's Dave Snooker. You know, of course you wouldn't. So, but I know Hazel liked it, saying it a lot. So, and we can't really say a, word, a bad word against Hazel. So, she is the the goat of broadcasting. I I, 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 w- I wouldn't be able to name another person that is as good as Hazel. At, presenting a live sporting event but uh no i mean it was a it was a great few days of, of the snooker um obviously the comeback from luca in that semi-final then that match against uh, selby and, and mark allen and i might have used this gag in the last one but i, I was genuinely worried that th- their match would finish after the final um so. <laughs> it, it did end up making uh, Selby be quite tired. I think for the first session, it possibly, yeah, possibly yeah. cost him the final. Possibly, uh, you know, I think I'd said it quite a lot all the way through. Really, that I think Selby was was maybe getting further than his play deserved. I don't think he was playing that well. And I think Luca found him out a bit in that first session. I think as soon as Mark Allen started playing a different style of game, he, he started playing Selby off the table. Mm. Um, it's just it's a shame he left it, left it until 16-10 to do that. Um, you know, I think had Mark Allen played at that style from the start of the match, I think he'd probably won quite comfortably. Would have probably been talking now about Mark Allen Snooker. <laughs> um, oh, it just rolls off the tongue, doesn't it? Yeah. So, but still, you, you know, still the way it goes on. Twenty-one years without a final frame decider at the fi- in the final of the Crucible, which is a crazy statistic. I would argue that our best chance of getting another final frame decider is if it ends up being Zing Tong against Bing Tao. Yes, and. Uh, Large, well, I it actually, if it goes 17 nil to Bing Tao, and then um, the greatest comeback of all time, and then and then a hundred and two thousand, a hundred and forty seven thousand is placed on 187 Zhao, then um, 18 Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> then that's how we're gonna he get it. He plays so but, well um, that Bing Tao loses frame, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But after the World Championship, Joe, we had the real big event of the season, which is the World Seniors. It it has been an event that I think a lot of people have taken the mick out of over the over the years, probably us included. But I think it's getting better every year. I think they're they're making more of the fact it's at the Crucible, which I think is massive. And part of me does think though that it would be it would serve better as an appetizer to the main event rather than the come down from the main event because i think that's what maybe people are done with the snooker by then and they're like Ugh, I, I can't be bothered watching the seniors but of course the, the where the lines get blurred is that you couldn't play it while the qualifiers are going on because half the tour are on the seniors so <laughs> 
Yeah, that would be a problem. I mean, you'd have literally Jimmy White playing a frame in the qualifiers and then going, oh, excuse me, and running off to another frame, another table to play in the seniors. Or he's, he's just left the arena and we'll be back with commentary when he returns. Or Dennis was on commentary, but he's just gone off to uh, take his shot in the seniors and he'll be... <laughs> Yeah, I mean it was it was good. It was um, you know nice to see some of the um, some of the old players back again. Tony Drago, especially, I would say. Tony Drago, yeah, I was I was going to get onto that. Tony Drago was was a pleasure to watch actually, and did really well. And I do think I I don't think that he's finished as a snooker player actually. You know, I think he, I think he could. I, I would love to see him get a wild card. But the interesting thing about the World Seniors, with Jimmy White winning, and just by him reaching the final, is that it was his sixth final in the World Seniors. Wow. And that is as many World Championship <laughs> finals. Yeah, well, at least he's won four of them, though, hasn't he? You know, Which I suppose he could have won you know, maybe two or three of the, the actual uh, World Championships finals that he was in, but wasn't to be. Long way around of saying my highlight of the World Seniors Championship was Tony Drago was on a one four seven and I think he got to seventy two or something like that, um, and that was just awesome. He did it in about three and a half minutes. It was, mm-hmm. I mean, to be honest with you, had he completed it, wouldn't have been far off Ronnie's record. Yeah, I feel it was incredible. Um, so, you, you know. That was, I think, that was absolutely the the highlight of um, the whole tournament for me. I, I can imagine what your highlight might be. Uh, it might involve Alfie Burden. I'm not sure, but um... after Jimmy White won the world championship, Alfie Burden was interviewed by Rob Walker live on the BBC and the Red Button, and he said the phrase, and this will be the first, or technically, it'll be the second rude word of the podcast history oh he said the phrase what was the first <laughs> the first was last episode where you told virtual dave hendon to piss off oh yes okay i kept that in joke. did you bleep it no I kept it in. oh oh well <laughs> i just want you to meet dave hendon one day and him be like oh you're that guy <laughs> Oh but yes, uh, Alfie Burling just said, you know, how he was a big fan of Jimmy. And then at one point he, he just said the phrase, oh, I fucking love you, Jimmy. And Rob Walker really quickly looked like he didn't know what to do. And he was like, oh, we really, really apologise for that. Uh, I think he called it fruity language or something like that. <laughs> fruity language, eh? And I was like, see, Alfie Burden, he gets the whole late night snooker idea. He'd be one of the first people on it. Yeah. Effing and Jeffin. Absolutely. And our pundits today are Alfie Burden and Luca Brassell. And Dave Harold. Dave Harold. Because yeah. there was, in the <laughs> first ever edition of the shootout, one of the. It was either the first or the second one, but one of the unique selling points was that the players wore little microphones. Right. So you'd be able to hear them react. And at one point, Dave Harold missed a shot. I went, oh, shit. And the referee had to go, Dave, Dave, you've, you've got a microphone. We're going to have to warn you not to use that language. He went, oh, sorry about that. <laughs> yeah, that's just funny. Um, yeah. I would like to see someone play 
and commentate on themselves as they're playing. I think that'd be hilarious. Well, Sean Murphy has done that on your channel. <laughs> yeah, but some, not not me editing for a video <laughs> that for some reason gets far too many views. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, imagine next year once um, once we're the number one podcast in the UK. Oh, I thought you were going to say number one snooker, but no, number one podcast. <laughs> no, number one podcast. In the whole I'm, of the I'm UK. Aiming high, yeah. But um, speaking of Alfie Burden, right? <laughs> Is there any other podcast in the country <laughs> where someone goes, speaking of Alfie Burden? <laughs> well, no, there isn't. Because even some of the snooker podcasts out there, I don't think, have enough knowledge to even know who Alfie Burden is. So, well, they should be ashamed of themselves. They should, they should. But yes, yeah, speaking of Alfie Burden, what is your opinion on who has the right and who does indeed qualify for the World Seniors Championship at the Crucible? Well, it's it's a really interesting event because, as you said, the the standard is a lot better nowadays, but that's partly because they've changed what it is. It used to be a very much a muckabout tournament. You'd have, you know, Dennis would be playing it, and he'd be he'd be playing against Cliff or something. Yeah, well, it was called Snooker Legends, wasn't it? Yeah, but it's, it's that's what it started off as. It's changed into more of a proper event with like the Champion of Champions as the big carrot at the end, and I mean it's a bit surreal, really, because. You have, on one side of the things, you have the seeds who are former world champions like Joe Johnson, Stephen Hendry, Jimmy White. And then they're playing players like Ben Hancorn, who, <laughs> you know, plenty of these, plenty of listeners, even to this podcast, would go, who? Because he's he's not a name. He's someone who was professional for about two years. He's just turned 40. And he's a good enough player who's over 40 to qualify for this event. But it's... And he's outside of the top 64. Yeah. You know, because most of the tour are now over 40. Or at least, you know, the top players are. I guess what makes the event even weirder is the fact that there are so many players on the tour who are 40 or even close to 50 who are still in the top 32. Yeah. So it's a bit weird to have this separate seniors event. It's just like... Oh, it's just it's just the former world champions and some of the crapper players over forty. Frankly, <laughs> that's what it well, is, isn't it? Yeah, essentially, and and I think it almost spoils it. No disrespect for those players, obviously, because frankly, I like the fact that someone like Alfie Burden gets to play at the Crucible and gets to a final. In a sense, it's like fair enough. But mate. but but that's exactly my point. Has Alfie Burden, in his career, earned the right to play the single-table setup at the Crucible in front of a packed crowd? I would say he hasn't. Oh, he's going to have some fruity language for you, Joe. <laughs> but, but you know, I think he's used the words himself. He's had a dreadful career. So, like... <laughs> Has he really said that? He said that, yeah. <laughs> He said, I've had a dreadful career. So, to play Jimmy at the Crucible, whatever, you know. Like, that's... <laughs> Why is somebody like that playing in that? And and I think I think that there's one qualifier that gets the so-called golden ticket. And I I agree with that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They even had an image of Willy Wonka's golden <laughs> ticket on there. Is it right? Is it Rob Walker dressed up as Willy Wonka? 
<laughs> I really hope so. I really hope so, but it might even be Cliff Thorburn, who knows? But I've uh... got a golden ticket. <laughs> I've got a golden cue to take the shot. Yes, uh, well, anyway, that was the cue of the music this week. <laughs> um, 10 out of 10 from me, I think. 10 out of 10. I, I I like the idea of the golden ticket. I think one of the spots should be for that. I agree. I I do think the other spots should be, as you say, former world champions. Possibly you could say world champions from more than 20 years ago. So the likes of Graham Dot don't just... Graham, don't don't just turn up and smash everybody, you know, because that's that's what's going to happen one day. Is that? Well, I mean, Jimmy White has won the event four times, and had he qualified for the Crucible and got into the top sixty-four, he would have been ineligible to play in this year's tournament. That is how ridiculous it is. It, it, but it's going to be it, it's going to be a matter of time before. It is Alfie Burden versus Lee Walker in the final. And nobody's going to care. And that's sad, I think. Alfie Burden would care, Joe. Well, he would care. Or, okay then, Ben Hancorn versus Rodney Goggins in the final. <laughs> right? Oh, mate, we'd be front row. What are you on about? <laughs> the Wexfordshire sausage. <laughs> so, you know, I think... I think for the long-term future of the event, because ultimately some of the players that did play in it, Cliff, John Parrott, Dennis Taylor, Steve Davis, they've retired from the seniors now. In 10 years' time, we're going to look at that event and it and it is going to be David Lilly and Lee Walker and Alfie Burden and those sort of names, because... By the t- by, the time that's happened, Ronnie, John Higgins, Mark Williams, they'll probably still be in the top sixty-four. So, well, do you think with players like Dennis and Cliff and John Parrott and Steve Davis retiring from the seniors, should there be a senior seniors event <laughs> for even older players? They're even further out of the top sixty-four. <laughs> so Dennis, of course, retired years and years ago from. Professional stugger. Came back for the Legends. Played in the seniors for years upon years. About three, three, four years ago, I don't know. Dennis retires from the seniors. Gets to parade the World Championship Trophy round, all of that. And then, earlier this year, back in the last year, there was an event called the 900. And I'm not sure if you remember the 900, Tom. Yes, I do, yeah. Yeah, so it was like an amateur tournament. And who plays in the 900? None other than Dennis Taylor. So he's already retired twice from it, and now he's playing in the amateur events. Why, why, um, do you think they had to pay him a lot of money to get him in? I don't think anybody was watching it for Dennis Taylor, to be fair. I think if you were going to watch the 900, you were watching it anyway. I mean, he won a couple of matches, to be fair, but... I reckon, I genuinely reckon they... They had to. They went. We need to get a big name to promote the nine hundred, <laughs> and they went. Let's see if Dennis will do it for about a grand. And he was like, "All oh, right, I'll do it for a grand." 
I'll do it for a round of golf. <laughs> <laughs> we could we could uh, we could role play this, Joe. So it's them going. Oh, we need a big name for the for the nine hundred. Ronnie's not answering our calls. Steve Davis has said absolutely not. Oh God, Stephen Lee, we legally can't get him. <laughs> yeah, he's not allowed to play a snooker. Um, oh, Dennis Taylor, do you fancy taking part in the in the uh, the nine hundred event for amateur players? Well, you'll have to play well, Hazel. Is uh, is Hazel going to be playing in it? <laughs> well, uh, as long as I'm playing Hazel or Vicky. <laughs> actually, that? actually, Vicky is a. Uh, as a pool champion, so that probably isn't a good idea. Although pool's not snooker, let's be honest. Dennis, what is um? <laughs> yes, Hazel. <laughs> if you could play any pundit or any commentator or anyone else related to world snooker who's not a current pro, who would you play, and what would the score be? Well, I'd have to go all the way back to 1985 and take on that old ginger nugget, Steve Davis. It's weird, Dennis. You never usually mention that on commentary. <laughs> well, it's a, it's an old memory of mine. I'm not sure if anybody remembers it, uh, except Steve. He missed that easy black, of course. <laughs> There you go. Cue the impression. <laughs> I don't think we got any response to that last time, Joe. Uh, well, uh, um, funnily enough, um, well, I, I will say hello to him, Matt, um, who you know I do, I do talk to from uh, time to time. He did say the impressions had him on the floor. So there you go. Particularly the John Virgil one tickled him, apparently. So. Dennis, go. have you ever had anyone on the floor? <laughs> uh, oh, well, uh, that would be telling Hazel. <laughs> no, I can't say that. I can't say that. What I was about to say on on this podcast, Tom. Dennis, Dennis, uh, how big? No, no, Dennis is <laughs> closed for business. <laughs> Dennis, how big is your queue? <laughs> well, I waved it around in the air back in nineteen eighty five. After sinking that little black ball into the hole. (laughs) Maybe we should just relaunch this as the Dennis Taylor podcast. (laughs) And I am quite fond of those two little Stuart Bingham balls. We should clip that audio that you just said. <laughs> we'll clip you saying that. We'll send it to Stuart Bingham and go, oh my God, have you heard what Dennis has been saying about you? <laughs> Please don't. <laughs> Please don't do that. <laughs> oh, absolutely brilliant. Absolutely. <laughs> there you go. I can't even remember what we were saying now, but... Um, I don't think it anyway, matters. Think- Seniors was good. <laughs> I um, had no idea how I was going to react when that black finally went in but I, I remember stomping the queue first of all I, I, I didn't know what to do I was, um, 
But above the head, when, when it went in, just above that, I suppose a lot of people would do that. You see different sports, they react a bit that way, you know, to raise the two hands. And uh, yeah, it was just uh, one of those gestures, or, or three gestures that people still remember. It is going to just be cue the DT impression now, isn't it? That segment. <laughs> that's, that's the Dennis Taylor, like the DDK, <laughs> dreaded double kiss. I think two of my favourite catchphrases are <laughs> A, when Dennis Taylor goes, oh, that's the DDK, <laughs> the, the dreaded double kiss, and he always has to explain it every time. Well, I love that one, and I love John Virgo's, oh, there's always a gap. There's always a gap. <laughs> Apart from one time in the, in the World Championship. There isn't a gap. One, <laughs> Sometimes he goes, there isn't a gap. And then one time he went, oh, is there a gap? And then someone played the shot and he went, nope. Uh, I, I know I usually say there's always a gap, but there wasn't a gap there. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was. It, it was something. It was this world championship, actually. I'm sure it was. He, he went, I don't think there's a gap. Is there a gap? And then uh, and he played it and he went, well, I would have said if there was a gap. <laughs> player should have looked up and went john is there a gap <laughs> there's always a gap <laughs> yeah no, i i just love speaking of jv there was that monologue at the start of the um world final mm. that was just terrific i thought hang on where's the cue ball going i love how they uh <laughs> i mean what is one of the most beautiful or wonderful <laughs> results of the world championship is that they've gone from saying this could be jv's last world championship to a having having him open the world championship with an incredible basically spoken word piece for some reason but b they've said he's gonna he's gonna be back for the foreseeable future which you know is much different dialogue and dennis as well apparently where's the jv going he's going nowhere yeah (laughs) is there a gap there's, there's always, never a gap. There's, there's never a, a gap in my commentary. There's always a JV in a commentary box. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> no, cucumber, speaking of... Cucumber sandwiches with plenty of salad cream. <laughs> that he doesn't even like, apparently. But, um, I think my impression's maybe a bit more David Attenborough, but, you know, I'll, well, work, I'll work on it, mate. Maybe more like Jimmy Savile, to be honest with you, but... Uh, <laughs> Now anyway, then, now then, now then, there's always a gap. <laughs> oh dear, this, this is going down a path I don't want it to go down. Welcome but anyway, I'm going to bring it back on. Welcome to late night snooker. <laughs> snooker extra. <laughs> oh dear. <laughs> I'm still less controversial than Jim Davidson. You know what, Tom? You actually sound quite like the uh, you know the classic matches on world championship snooker 2004 and uh, there's like a guy that introduces it and he's like the 1940 world snooker championship final oh isn't it a guy doing an impression of ted Lowe? <laughs> was contested by joe davis and his younger brother fred yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Anyway, I was about to say, Tom, before, you know, we went on that tangent, because you were talking about favourite favorite, favorite uh, quotes from commentators. Mm. And one of mine, my favourite is, is with Dennis. And um, 
you know, there'll be a frame that's going on. It's quite a close frame. It's gone to and fro. And then they're playing some safety on the yellow. And he'll go, well, this is what we call a yellow ball fight. And I'm like, nobody has ever called it a yellow ball fight. (laughs) This is what we usually call a yellow ball fight. (laughs) And you can just replace it for any colour. You know, it could be the brown. This is what we call a brown ball fight. Whoever pots the brown will win the frame. That's not how snooker works, Dennis. (laughs) There's more colours after the brown. But it's just, uh, he always says stuff like that, like, this is what we call it. And I've never heard anybody call it that. It's like Sean Murphy, actually, in this championship. He was like, well, that, that that's what we call the number two pocket. And I was like, I've never heard anybody call it the, the number two pocket. The number pocket. two pocket? <laughs> Where's the cue ball going? Oh, it's in the number two pocket. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that's the title of the podcast right there, the number two pocket. There you go. <laughs> Isn't that what um, Mark Williams says when he has to rush to the toilet? <laughs> yeah, oh, God. Yeah, after a dodgy kebab. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, dear. What we like, eh? What we like. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, dear. Shall we do a bit of cue the music? Oh, I was. I thought you were going to say cue the laughter, and I was thinking, have we not just laughed enough for a bit? You know, I mean, what you don't know at home is that Tom's just cut out about fifteen minutes of us dying of laughter. Joe, oh, I think really. you will know <laughs> if you've listened to the podcast. Is I cut out most of the snooker chat, and it's just us <laughs> chatting yeah. absolute bollocks, frankly. <laughs> Wow, there's our third swear of the of the podcast right in there. We're not holding back now. Are we going to call this the Snooker Extra podcast instead of Snooker Looper? This is the Snooky Looper. This this episode is the Snooker Loopy Extra episode. (laughs) What you don't know, Uh, listeners, is Joe's going to take his top off at the end. (laughs) I'm absolutely not going to be doing that. Unless we get 150,000 views on this video. <laughs> Come on, people, you can make it happen. I'm not sure they'd want to, to be honest, Tom. Oh, dear. But yes, um, which one do I do? Do you want to cue the laughter? No, cue let's the cue the music. Let's cue the music. Cue we'll the music. take a change of pace. Well, I, I mean, this song might be very funny. <laughs> I should say that. Because... <laughs> I've not heard this yet, Joe. Uh, I don't know if you wow. heard it. What excites me about this is that it's not an official song. It's not a song that's been released. And it is not a song that is by a snooker player. Oh, Hazel. <laughs> oh. It's, it's not that song about Hazel. Hazel. But we could have that song in the future. There's a song... About Hazel, <laughs> some banded. <laughs> no idea. Why do I know all this crap? <laughs> I really don't know. I like. I thought I knew some pointless stuff, but there's a song called Hazel Irvine by a band about how good she is at hosting. Hazel food. Irvine. Is that how it goes? Uh, I don't know. But I've sent you a link. This is just. I, I was singing it to the tune of "Come On Eileen." So, right, Mark Selby snooker song. It's just called Mark Selby snooker song. Um, right. We'll start it at the same time, Joe. 
Well, I, before before we listen to it, I want to actually read some of these comments, Tom. Okay. To see whether the song lives up to the comments. So, Natalia, with a big smiley face, says, The best of the best, amazing, just great. So that builds it up quite significantly. Mm. Um, somebody else said, Thumbs up if you came here via Eurosport snooker commentary. I think now somebody needs to go in there and say, Thumbs up if you came here via the Snooker Loopy podcast. <laughs> <laughs> anyway Joe there's also a comment by Farting Penguin Production and we know they know a lot about music famously <laughs> and they just said great vid great vid I mean what's even more bu- oh no I see it now I was going to say what's bizarre Tom is I don't even see that comment in there so I thought you were just making it up what a strange thing to- Joe everything we do on this podcast we actually is 100% do. genuine. Yeah, there's yeah. no. We actually do change the Wikipedia pages, and <laughs> probably get in trouble for it, but it's fine. More on that soon. But are you happy to uh, play this song? And see, see how Let's it goes. Let's go. So we're going to play it. I'll play a clip in for the podcast listeners. But me and Joe, it's only two minutes long, so we'll have a listen in three, two, one. Snooker, snooker, snooker is the game. Let's watch him play. The jester from Leicester Sell me, sell me, sell me That's his name We'll watch each frame The jester from Leicester Gets down on his cue Just watch him go Red, black, red, black, red, black In a row What a break He puts on quite a show The audience Just stand up and they're all Snooker, snooker, snooker Is the game We'll watch each frame. The Jester from Leicester. Should have edited in some Rob Walker in there, I think. The Mark Selby snooker song composed and performed by Brian Claus, 2010. So this was before he was even a world champion. Yes, clearly it's an early fan of Mark Selby. But I will say that I had no idea if that was going to be good or bad. But me and Joe are both bobbing our heads along, having a great time. You know, you know what, you know what, Tom? That was an absolute cracker, as Dennis would say. <laughs> I've even went on to this guy's channel page to disappointingly find out he's never done a Stuart Bingham snooker song, oh, or no. you know, he's not. He's, he retired eleven years ago. He's not done any more since. Maybe, well, maybe, not not snooker related. Maybe we can bring him out of retirement. And bring him out of retirement. Yeah. Bingham, yeah. Bingham, Bingham, that's his name. He's got a hot tub. He gives his belly a rub. <laughs> well, there you go. You, it, we don't even need him, Tom. <laughs> we don't even need him. I will say, Joe, if we do, and I hope we do, if we do eventually release Where's the Cube All Going, I would be very happy to have the Mark Selby song as a B-side. <laughs> What, our version of it? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it does say copyright uh, Brian Klaas, but I'm I'm not sure that will stand in a court of law. Um, I think we could pass this off as our own work. What, with, with, with <laughs> such intricate lyrics like snooker, 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 it's the game? Yeah, exactly, exactly. 
you know, as an Ed Sheeran just won a, a court case uh, with all of that. I think I think we could easily win a court case for this one. But uh, for a second, I thought you were going to say, "Didn't Ed Sheeran write this song?" <laughs> yeah, he did. Well, it said written and composed by uh, Brian Class. So there you go. Uh, you know what, Tom? That might be the, the best snooker song we've heard so far. I honestly loved it. I thought it was fantastic. <laughs> I thought it was great. Uh, and uh, I'm just sad that it's not on... Um, uh, that's about Mark Selby. You know, it's a bit of a shame, really. <laughs> but I'd, I'd quite happily have it in on my Spotify playlist or whatever, but it would just be a bit weird to be listening to about a song about Mark Selby. I'm going to I'm going to do a call out on this podcast. If you're listening to this podcast, uh what's his name? Brian? Brian. Brian, we would love to interview you on the podcast. And, yeah, well, absolutely. And find out if anybody knows Brian genuinely, or wants to find him because you seem to be able to, you know, magically change Wikipedia pages uh without us knowing. So please find Brian. I would love to still love to chat to him, like to find singing. out if Mark Selby's the only player he likes, or whether... And whether he made any more songs. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of strange, because this song, I don't think this song is on Spotify. He's well, presumably no, just be. recorded it for fun. Yeah. Which I, I love, but I just... Yeah. I mean, it's had 9,000 views, Tom. I mean, it deserves 100 times that, I think. Uh, well, yes, uh, that might be pushing it a little far, but <laughs> yeah, you know, I think he is—he's uh, done a great job with that. And um, you know what? I'm going to give it a nine out of ten. I was thinking nine as well, you know. So only, only below Snooker Loopy on our rundown of songs because that—I yeah. think it's well sung. It's catchy. Yeah, um, yeah. it's very catchy because all I can think about is snooker, snooker, snooker. That's the game. It, it it feels very much of the ilk of Snooker Loopy, and I think that's what, oh, what that makes the it ultimate, good. The ultimate compliment you know. there as well. <clears throat> um, watch out for the the Mark Selby Snooker Song podcast coming soon. Yeah, what well, watch? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I'm sure if you watch this space, I think me and Tom will definitely do something at some point, probably around a big holiday. I'm imagining. We can rival Lad Baby and your mates, which I'm not going to mention because they've got a rude name. But put uh, <laughs> your mates and Lad Baby, we can rival them for Christmas number one with Where's the Cue Ball Going? But ultimately, we will lose to the Mark Selby snooker song now. We've, <laughs> we've created a monster that's going to destroy us, I think. Well, yeah, we can call it the Luca Snooker song. Luca, 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 that's his name. You can just put anyone's name into it, it's great. <laughs> well, I don't think you could put on News name in there, <laughs> to be honest. No, maybe not. But you could have um, Luca, Lupi, that's all we. <laughs> We're all Luca, Lupi. There we go. Oh, he should release that. I don't know why. <laughs> Most of these episodes have been us going like, oh, here's a weird song released by a snooker player, but I want more of them. I literally, yeah, I want a yeah. whole album. <laughs> to be honest, with what with what we've come up with, that you could have a whole album of these snooker greatest hits, and I can imagine the the TV advert for that. Well, I've made a, a playlist of all these songs on my YouTube channel, and this will be. 
Because we're episode 10 of the podcast show. I've not even said episode 10. Wow. That's impressive, wow. isn't it? It is, yeah. yeah. You know, I, I think this will be something that, that runs on and on. Um, I certainly don't... I mean, you know, we might obviously evolve some of the segments over time as we run out of snooker songs. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I, I, I'm absolutely loving it. And I... I think every episode we're getting more and more responses from people at home and I think that that's what makes it so if you are somebody that comments thank you very much for that because it does keep us going with it and um I mean we'd just be having these chats anyway so you know it's it's nice to put a little a little bit of uh, an insight on some of the rubbish we talk about we'll also say that there are some snooker podcasts that just kind of they appear in April and end in May over the World Championships. But yeah. we're going to be year-round. We're going to probably do a Q, a Q school special before... <laughs> well, we're going to be, you know, like back at school. We're going to be picking teams again for the Q school. And I think last year we actually did reasonably well. And I think, did we get three or four each of the qualifiers? Well, so you got, you got Jensen Kendrick, didn't I you? I got Jensen Kendrick. I don't know how I did that. I was like... I, I think when we were... We did one of our first podcasts of the new snooker season, and I was like, "Well, Jensen Kendrick won't have won any matches." And then I was like, "Hang on, he won his first round match. He won- He's on the tour." <laughs> it was, yeah, it was, it was a real John Parrott moment. Of uh, I've never seen him play before, but yeah, it is what it is. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, it is going to be year round, and I'm certainly looking forward to it and delving back into snooker uh pasta there's lots of memories i have for things that we can do cue the laughter for and and hopefully it'll bring back some of the people at home's memories as well like surely we're not the the only two sad people in the world that know all of these things so yeah it'd be a very niche podcast if it was just me and you yeah, so do let us know if there's anything you want us to check out as well in the comments. If you found a, a weird Stuart Bingham action figure or something, then please, you know, <laughs> send it our way. Will it be him holding his Bingham balls? <laughs> oh, well, yeah. Do you know, Joe, that Stuart Bingham can apparently hold something like six snooker balls in his hand, I think it was. <laughs> what are you saying about the size of his hands? Nothing, I'm just saying about the size of his balls. Um, right. He's got massive hands. Where, where did you hear this fact? Is that a Guinness World Record? <laughs> just a bloke down a pub, mate. Um, <laughs> have you heard? Stuart Bingham can hold this... Oh, oh fair enough. Because <laughs> that's the, the topic of conversation at, at every pub around the UK. Oh, I've just Googled Stuart Bingham balls. That's not going to help. Balls in... What actually came up? Oh, you don't want to know, John. It's for, that's for stu- that's for snooker extra. Did it say safe search is not enabled? <laughs> it did. With a picture of Bingham just grinning. Uh, I've just realised we could have had our logo um, as Stuart Bingham's head with <laughs> with Snooker Loopy on there. <laughs> oh, I can't find it. That that'll have to be next episode's cue. The laughter you have to find it between episodes. I found an article that says Stuart Bingham slams slippery balls at Crucible. So <laughs> that, that could be the podcast title. 
Stuart, Stuart Bingham slams slippery balls at Crucible. Uh, into the number two pocket. I'm sure that I'm sure I saw something once about he can hold loads of balls in his hand. Uh, sure you did. Sure you did, Tom. <laughs> Shall we move on to our other hit section? Well, we say hit sections, but nobody's ever said, oh, I loved Cue the Laughter this week. <laughs> well, we like it, so that's fine. We like it. It's a hit with us. Now, for uh, Cue the Laughter, this episode, Joe, it's mm. actually a a more modern item I've got. Well, can I just stop you before you, you go into that? Because I want to do a mini Cue the Laughter this week. Switch up the switch up the format a little bit. It's it's just obviously we've got a running theme and we've not really mentioned it much today, but um the the players' nicknames having the name Sausage in there. And it all started with Stephen Hallworth being the Lincolnshire sausage. Mm-hmm. So if you were listening to the last podcast, you will have heard us hilariously change Dominic Dale's uh, Wikipedia page to have his nickname as the Space Sausage. Now, a couple of days ago, Tom, I thought, oh, I'll, I'll just check if it's still there. Hmm. What do you reckon? Yes. No. It is not there. In fact, we we changed it. And um, I think it was on the 27th of April we changed that. On the, By the 1st of May, there was an a revision of the page and it was an undone version and in brackets they called it vandalism <gasps> <laughs> so we have been rumbled by the wikipedia police i've got a lovely image of you in court charged with vandalism because you changed <laughs> dominic Dale's wikipedia page and i also changed uh, i also thought well okay maybe um Maybe Dominic Dale is famous enough to have somebody checking his Wikipedia. Um, so I checked David Lilly, and you you might remember I put that line about him owning or managing the Southfield Snooker Club, which he does. I maybe you know overegged it a bit, saying it was world famous, but hmm. he does manage that. And I said he once played on Table One alongside. Uh, the incredible Snooker 19 YouTuber, Captain Goodspeed. And, which is um, all true. None which, of that which was is, a lie. Which is true. So, anyway, that that's no longer there. And I had no. a little look. And um, it it was removed again on the 1st of May oh, by uh, Snooker Sensation, whoever that is, who I think might have been the person that um, changed, the link, uh, changed it to the Lincolnshire Sausage. Stephen Hallworth. So I'm not entirely sure, but it said unsourced nickname um, for that one because I think we also called him the Tyneside Sausage. So, and then it said uh, unsourced information regarding the oh no um, the South Shields thing. So I thought, oh well, okay, David Lilly, world seniors champion. They're never going to find out about Rodney Goggins. Mm. So I proceeded, Tom. And I went on to Rodney Goggins' 
uh, Wikipedia page, and uh, to my dismay, is no longer the Wexfordshire sausage. And in fact, it was removed uh, from... Oh, it was an undid revision due to vandalism. <laughs> Who's stealing all our sausages? Well, <laughs> exactly. And I, I want to know how... I mean, was it somebody listening to our podcast? There's somebody out there that is making players sausages, but there's somebody out there that is also reversing the sausage effect. <laughs> the sausage effect? Yeah. Are you saying this is a war of the snooker sausages? <laughs> All I'm saying is, is Tom, it won't stop us. <laughs> well, do you know what is absolutely beautiful, Joe? Yes. A, we had a comment from Jamie. Jamie, thank you very much, who told <laughs> us that Stephen Hallworth became the Lincolnshire sausage on, on October 23rd last year. Yes. And B, I've just looked at Stephen Hallworth's Wikipedia page. And he's still the Lincolnshire yeah. sausage. He, he still is, uh, because it, it, that must be his actual nickname. He's the one sausage to rule them all, Joe. <laughs> if you go onto onto the the history of that, and if you look at the twenty third of October, it it, it does have that uh, edit in there. But Snooker Sensation has been on this page as well around. A, on and around that time that we were doing the podcast, 28th of April. So I think this snooker sensation person is is genuinely listening to our podcast. So do you think we're going to have to be a bit more secretive about it somehow? Well, well basically... Because mm, <laughs> basically, Joe, I've but, just realised we've been broadcasting our crimes. <laughs> but there, but this, But what's the fun in changing players' Wikipedias without telling anybody... <laughs> Well, I do have another Wikipedia nickname to tell you I saw recently, Joe. Yes? Uh, someone changed Alexander Ersenbacker to be the Swiss Roll. <laughs> Is that still on there? I don't... I've not checked, but... Um, I'm going on him now. That's what, Yes, the Swiss Roll. <laughs> Is it still on there? <laughs> yeah. We could have called him the Sausage Roll, though. Like... <laughs> I sent an edit coming. <laughs> no, well, I'm looking at it. Snooker Sensation has not been on this Wikipedia. So this is going to be our test now. Everybody, mm. let's keep it quiet as as a podcast. We're going to keep an eye on Alexander Rosenbacker's revision for next time. And we're going to see if Snooker Sensation has gone in there and changed his name back. Or maybe he's going to join the cause and change it to the Sausage Roll. Imagine that as a plot twist. I will say, actually, because I think I've heard Ersenbacher actually referred to as the Federer of the Bays because uh, he's from Switzerland. Yes. And the Swiss Roll is a much better nickname. I agree. The Sausage agree. Roll is a much better nickname. <laughs> yeah. It makes slightly less sense, but yes. <laughs> Only slightly, though. I can't believe they found Rodney Goggins. <laughs> I know, I know. I, I it did make me think though. I couldn't remember who the player was that you found last time that was changed, or was it? Oh, ready selted. Ready selted. Where's Matthew <laughs> Selt? Is he still ready selted? He is. He's still ready selted. <laughs> Citation needed. It says now though, so that's new. <laughs> yeah, it says that about the Swiss roll. To be fair, so there you go. 
I mean, do you know what the incredible thing about nicknames is, Joe? <laughs> is that a nickname becomes a nickname if enough people use it. Yes. So if enough people do start calling Rodney Goggins the Wexfordshire Sausage, <laughs> he will become the Wexfordshire Sausage because enough people call him it. <laughs> Absolutely, but what what we need first is for him to actually get to television stages of, <laughs> of the Crucible so that Rob Walker can introduce him as that. That would be a dream come true, wouldn't it? Well, I think we, we will have officially made it on the podcast if that happened. I think so, yeah, I think so. It's just something about being named after a food that I think makes it even funnier. Yeah. Like the Swiss yeah. roll, <laughs> the Lincolnshire sausage. Yeah, maybe we should throw that over to the audience of come up with your best food related. I can't have the word sausage or roll in it, right? That's the one rule. You've got to come up with the best food-related nickname for any snooker player you can think of. It can be Ronnie O'Sullivan, it can be Fanjenji, if you want. Anything you want. Bing Ham Sandwich. <laughs> and we will we will give you a shout-out on the next podcast, and we will endeavour to change their Wikipedia to have that nickname. I've just remembered a few years ago, and it's it's been long since changed, but I once <clears> went on... <throat> Peter Ebdom's page and it described him as the most dangerous man in the world <laughs> like he's a James Bond villain and little did you know then how true that was <laughs> yeah I mean I remember I mean the, the, this will mean nothing to you Tom, Tom but um, there was an actor called Ward Bond anyway that we we quite found quite hilarious at school Dad of uh, Nigel? No. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> no, no, not not that Bond family. But uh, he was just in some really weird roles, like the policeman or the the friendly neighbour. Like that, those were his his role names because he obviously wasn't very successful. But we changed his Wikipedia to say that he'd been in a hundred thousand films and <laughs> <laughs> he, he'd won, you know, three million. Awards, and uh, and that stayed on there for a long, long time. I think it's good just to have nicknames. I think it just jazzes the sport a little bit more. You, you've got to have a few nicknames. I think it's great. I've just got to get the message across to Barrier, and we need the old shirts with the nicknames on the back. That'd be great. Now this item, it is from 2020, and it's something I actually own. It was given to me by my girlfriend for Christmas, I think last year. Mm. And it is. I'll I'll, sh- I'll show you it, Joe, on the the webcam. Oh wow. Snooker heads. They're called snooker heads, and they're from snookerheads.com. They've got a Twitter page, and what it basically is, it's a top trump game with snooker players. That's awesome. And they've got little kind of stylized designs. They look a bit like Funko Pops, I think. The the yes. characters. Oh, that's what we need. We need some snooker player Funko Pops. Well, this is the closest we've got at the moment. <laughs> But yeah, it says Legends Edition. I don't know whether there's other editions. And it's uh-huh. got like Ray Reardon, there's little Dennis Taylor. Oh, yes. yes. Uh, maybe I'll send you a picture of that for the, the podcast logo or something so people yeah, can see yeah, it. Yeah, 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 definitely. Steve Davis. And the stats are like break building, safety, potting, focus, panache, and winning. And basic, <laughs> basic. Winning. Winning, yep. Ronnie's only got 146 winning out of 147. 
But it's all out of one four seven, which is quite nice. Yeah. Mark Selby. Oh yes, with his grey trousers. But I think the best thing to to say for this would be, if you want to see what they look like, is to look at snookerheads.com because they're a really cool item. There's there's never been an actual snooker top trumps. I think I looked for it before on eBay a few uh, months ago, and it's there's never been an official version. So it's quite cool to have. But uh, yeah, no, that's that's awesome. So it's just it's it's not as much a, a funny item, but I guess we had the funniness with the Wikipedia stuff this episode. <laughs> I just, I mean, I'd also, Graham Dort is Graham on Dort. there. I'm just having a flick, because uh, on their website there is a section that is all of the cards. I, I, I did worry for a second. Um, just get Stephen Hendry's card for me. I, I I thought his right arm was a dog bone, just with the way it is. Like, Where are you? <laughs> <laughs> Look a bit like a dog bone, yeah. <laughs> Just a little bit. Yeah. And I like the the yellow, green, brown, blue, pink, black. I mean, so uh, does John Parry. He's got a dog bone. <laughs> I think Steve uh, Terry Griffiths says, and Steve Steve Davis does. <laughs> Peter Ebden does. <laughs> Peter Ebden's got his uh, famous blue waistcoat on as well. But yeah, there's there's nice details there. You can tell who most of the players are. Um, it came with a sticker that was a Ray Weir- Ray 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 Weirden not a Ray Weirden <laughs> a Ray Weirden sticker. Gordon Roy Hodgson there. The one player it's missing is Stuart Bigham, which made me quite sad. So if you could uh, release, yes. if you're listening, Snookerheads, and you could release just a version with 147 Stuart Biggums, that'd be great. And different Bigham poses. <laughs> I mean, it's made by somebody called Jim, so. Oh no, no. What is it? Oh, I'm not sure now. But we have had multiple reviews here. Bought for partner for Christmas. He loved them and has already played a few times. Was that my girlfriend? <laughs> loved the addition of the sticker on the order too. Thank you. I did. I did love the sticker. Is your girlfriend called Sophie? No. <laughs> then it's not your girlfriend. Came really quickly and great quality. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Who knew? Right. <laughs> Arrived in a flash. Excellent. These could all be reviews of Tony Drago in the bedroom. <laughs> oh, dearie. Dearie me. Uh, excellent product at a good price. Purchased as a gift. The recipient has been eyeing these up for a while and I'm sure he'll be delighted. I'm sure he'll be delighted. Oh, here we go. This must be uh, your girlfriend. Such a brilliant idea. My BF is a massive snooker fan, and he loved this. Excellent dispatch. It arrived safely and has been greatly enjoyed with a very smiley face. Thank you very much. That could be her. I don't know. I don't know. But yeah, genuinely a really good, really good item. Well, the name's Lauren, so I don't, I don't think it is. Unless my girlfriend's changed her name. But there is somebody called Livy. It's like Vicky. Livy. My partner's name's Livy. Well, that was on the 25th of June 2021. Oh, it's a Christmas present, so she would have had to have ordered it very early in advance. Yeah. There's Livy. (laughs) (laughs) Well, now, thanks for that, Tom. Uh, something else for me to buy. One of the first times on this podcast where it's been a genuinely good item that I'm mm. like, I'd recommend. Yeah, absolutely. 
Knowledge is power. Top Trump's survival skills for adventurous minds. But there we go, Joe. <laughs> Have we got anything else to say? <laughs> I, I honestly don't think so. Other than, you know, thank you to, to everybody for the support this season. I know we've done a few, obviously a lot more around the World Championship, but we have been chipping away throughout the year with these and, um, I, you know, I've, I've thoroughly enjoyed it. So thanks for thanks for the idea, I suppose, Tom. Oh, no worries, mate. I've, I've had a great time. And, I, and as Joe said earlier, if you have any other ideas of snooker songs or cue the laughters, because at the moment it's just me and Joe finding most of these. So if you know any that we might have possibly missed, I mean... It's unlikely because we know far too much. But <laughs> yes, I'm not sure many people knew about the the manual of World Championship Snooker 2002 before. Until now. Before this podcast, yeah, it's quite sad, really. Well, they know now, Joe. That's what, <laughs> we're bringing the, we're bringing the magic to we're the We're bringing masses. it back, bringing it back. But yeah, thank you everyone for listening. I think it's been another cracker of an episode. Mm-hmm. We will be back before the end of the month because we will do the. Uh, Q school special, which I'm very looking forward to. Yes, me too. Joe, any 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 final thoughts? Well, I'd I'd love to find out if there's a gap, Tom. <laughs> there's always a gap. There's always a gap, Joe. Always, always. always. It's always. What will be the gap between our episodes? There's always a gap. <laughs> Is there a gap? Well, if there was a gap, I'd have said. Say goodnight, JV. Goodnight, JV.